Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. This Sunday, Christian Pana will continue the series on amalgamation, a sermon series focusing on how an amalgamation and transformation of two different churches into a new church can work. Looking at Ecclesiastes 4, 7-12, we will see how an amalgamation can increase durability and what the biblical mandate and the amalgamation process mandate is. We will learn more about the preparations it takes and how the transition can work in order to create a new establishment. Now, here is Christian. Today's text is from Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7 to 12. So Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7 to 12. Um, this text, in this text, Solomon continues to discuss a theme that he started in chapter 3. So, just uh, an idea what's going on here. Um, he, uh, he talks about, if you know chapter 3, it's, it's, it's a well-known chapter about uh, building up for, or tearing down. It's a proper time. For being born and then a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up, a time to kill, and a time to heal. You know, you have, you, um, we need to know which time we are in. If you are not in that time, God will hold you responsible. You need to know what is that season. So... After, he, after Solomon talks about this, that God will hold you accountable of knowing the season, understanding the season you are in, uh, in this context, Solomon gets to the motivation of actions and offers the most common types of motiv- motivations. Injustice, envy, greed, and popularity. So this is the order that Solomon presents in chapter 4, but not necessarily as like in, this, uh, in the order of importance. And today I will use the greed motivation that Solomon used to illustrate our need for amalgamation. Again, I am saying our need is not if we want or not, it's a need. Um, and, and, and you will understand why I'm saying this. So let's go uh, reading Ecclesiastes chapter 4, chapter, uh, verse 7 to verse 12. Again, I saw vanity under the sun, one person who has no other, either son or brother, yet there is no end to all his toil, and his eyes are never satisfied with riches, so that he never asks, for whom? Am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? This also is vanity and an unhappy business. I love how he put it, unhappy business. <laughs> Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has no other to lift him up. Again, If two lie down, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him, a threefold cord 
is not quickly broken. Hmm. Um, so this is uh, the biblical mandate, okay? Um, the, main, the main idea here, the main um, discussion is about loneliness and, and the company of others, family, friends, relatives. Someone who is, isolates himself from the company of others cannot experience the blessing of God. Cannot. Um, because the blessing of God comes in the community. Those who love solitude focus on possessions that can be only obtained by work. So this is why um, uh, Solomon talks about work, about eyes that are not satisfied with riches, and you want more and more and more and more. Greed is the result of loneliness and isolation. But then, why do... People come to love solitude because they are looking for meaning. So they want to be alone, to work, to be something or someone. So they, they are looking for meaning. And when the search is far long, too long and there is no result, the only thing that brings meaning is, you know, work, 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 work. Um, and... They engage in making money or continue education or, you know, just feel in. Work addiction comes from the search for meaning. Why people are so addicted to work? Because they are searching for meaning, not for more toil. Who loves toil? Who loves work? Okay, who loves homework? You know, if, if you ask this in, in the school, nobody loves homework. <laughs> so, uh, but by the way, you know, work was a blessing in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, God said, you know, your, your um, part is to uh, keep this creation, Adam and Eve. And it was a joy to work. Now, we are outside Garden of Eden. <laughs> and that's why, this is the reason why work is not, we don't enjoy, well, if, if you enjoy work, like, only doing this, you know, it's because you're really lonely. So you need friends, you need family, you, you need people to, to join and to, to have relationship with. And to invest not only in work. That work. Working is okay, you know, because we need some money. Somebody needs to pay some bills, right? But, but in the same time, what do you do if you don't have relationships? So we are faced with this choice. Either you choose to climb the ladder of success and become very lonely, or you invest in the company of others, like family, uh, friends, relatives, and you are no longer alone. Um, Solomon gives us three examples of, of lonely people. Uh, in verse 10, the one who falls into a pit. If you are alone, what, what do you do? Stay there. Nobody helps you. Um, the one who suffers from cold in bed, what do you do? <laughs> Only this, you know, you're alone. And in verse 12, the one who is attacked by thieves. What do you do? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, maybe you try to do something, but 
<laughs> you end up bitten. <laughs> so, what is it is like to go through, you know, in life? How is it like to go in life alone, without nobody to help you, comfort you, or defend you? That's a really bad future. You, if you look in that future, you don't like that future. Two are better than one. So, better together. Um, the toil will bring a better and a, a bigger reward if you are two. Um, but how about three? If there are three, even better, right? So, three together, what the text says is not... So, two, yes, you have reward. But three, you have durability, Stability. Strength. So, when you have them both, you have productivity and durability, then this is the, um, the, the recipe for success, for healthiness. Uh, we are looking to be healthy, and there, therefore, um, even... Uh, I've... I've uh, I've heard this text being preached at the wedding. <laughs> right? It's a good text for wedding. I, I'm not talking about the bad thing, but about the threefold cord is not quickly broken. Who, who is the third one? God, right? It, maybe you've heard that sermon too. So, <laughs> makes sense. But it's, it's not only about marriage here. It's, Everywhere. Look everywhere. Three is better than two. And two is better than one. Um, the triple uh, folded or rope is also appears in, in some ancient writings. I don't know if you read the legend of Gilgamesh. But there is a, there is a line there. A threefold rope cannot be cut. You help me and I help you. Really straightforward. The idea is of full measure of, of total fulfillment. So, how is success defined? Well, how you wish to define success is actually success and failure is defined by you, is defined by me. The man who works and does not enjoy what he has done and has no descendants, is, is that person successful? You see, <laughs> but that person thinks, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the director or, or CEO of whatever." And but you are alone. Yeah, but I'm somebody. Yeah, but you are alone. You, you see, two people looking at the same reality with different perspectives, and 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 we like more that perspective. You are not success, successful because if. You have a family. If you have friends, then that's success. Why? Because we are a church. You are part of a church. And church, by definition, is a community. It's a family. It's, it's a family of faith. So when, when God invented the church for us, if when you are saved from the world and put in 
the kingdom of God is not like, okay, now, and you are free to do whatever you want. No, 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 no. You are part of a family. And in the family, you have responsibility. Um, you, you enjoy the presence of others. You interact with others. And you, sometimes you have to be humble. Right? And sometimes even to ask forgiveness. Say, hey, I, I was wrong. Sorry. Today's culture is a culture of loneliness. So many people, they are so lonely. And some of them, they, they cannot take this anymore and they take their life because of that. If you're a single, a survivor, and high on the, that ladder of success, you are independent and safe. This is the message. You are independent and safe. You are successful. But the Bible says, yeah, you are alone. <laughs> and, and sometimes we don't, uh, we don't understand the seasons because we are not paying attention. Together, we increase the reward. This is what the Bible says. Together, we deal with trouble easier. This is what the Bible says. Together, we comfort each other and the comfort increases this is what the Bible says, not the society. The society tells us another story. The Bible tells us history, his story. And his story is this. You are not alone. And better two or three and more than only one. Together we can face attacks better. So if you are motivated by greed, well, this is a sign that you are alone, isolated. Um, you want to be independent. But in, interesting, um, if you, I don't know if you remember at all, but the, uh, the last from the seven churches in, in the book of Revelation was Laodicea. That, that church was that church that wanted to be independent. And, and they had money and said, you know, we don't need anything. We don't need it, even Jesus. So independence is not something that we look for in the kingdom of God. We look for dependence. Remember what Jesus t told that church? They said, oh, we have money. We have everything we need. We don't need anything. Yeah. And Jesus said what about that church? Do you remember? Buy something from me, but what? Do you remember what? Because they were how? Huh? They were blind. They were naked. They they were deaf. They, but we have money. And Jesus said, "No, you are pitiful. You are wretched. You are so poor." And by the way, if you, your language is money, buy from me this and that and that. What, what, what is that? Dependence. You are dependent on me. Um, well, read again uh, the church in Laodicea. That will remind you all the, you know. Uh, but independence is not what we are looking in the church. What we are looking in the church is dependent. Now, when we come to church... 
Is this right what I said? We come to church? I hope, I hope, actually I was hoping somebody will stop and say, what are you talking about? We are not coming to church. We are the church. We are not coming to the church. We are the church and we are coming together. And where we are together, there is the church. So, you understand? It's, it's, we live our lives, but then we come together because it's that magnet. The church is the magnet that brings us. Well, Jesus is the magnet that brought, brings the church together. So, how about being alone? Eh, not a good idea. There are so many things that go wrong with this. How about two? Is this good? That's better. <laughs> exactly. Better than one. But how about three? Oh, well, much better. Yeah, you have it all. So this is the, the uh, biblical mandate. The church cannot be made, made up of independent, lonesome, or survival people. No, the church is made up of interdependent people. I, I'll stop here. What is interdependent? Could you define for me interdependent? Or give me an example. Dependent on each other. Ah, okay. Very interdependent, dependent on each other. Could you give me an, an example, Henry? Of this interdependence in the church. Okay. It's fun. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but we don't come to church. We are the church. So, give me a, any. Okay, Zenon. Oh, I see three hands. Even better. You see? <laughs> More is better. <laughs> yes. Uh. Oh, yeah. I depend on him too because you cannot hear me if, if, yeah. So if one is not doing the job correctly, all suffer. Right? Eva. Exactly. Exactly. So we are a living organism. And how about um, if somebody will say, you know what? Oh, you're, you know, David. You are a doctor. So if I will say, you know, um, I need your, your liver. <laughs> would, would you? <laughs> can, can we live? Can we survive with our liver? You can. No, not without the liver. You can split. Oh. Yeah, oh, half the liver. Uh, nah, 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 nah. I, we're not going with that. You know, no, no half measures, okay? The entire measure. Can, okay, so. <laughs> you can share it, okay. Uh, I didn't. You're a doctor, too. Give me an example that we cannot live without that organ. I don't know. <laughs> the brain or the heart, right? So, we. All the organs are dependent, interdependent, 
Very good. Uh, that's a very good example. And it's biblical ever. Right? It's biblical. Paul said that, that Jesus is the brain. He's the head. And we are... Each one of us, we are what? Organs. Woo. Members. Now, when we talk about members, we, thought, we think of, you know, members in the church. It's like, like a member in a, in a club, right? I'm not thinking that. When you say member, I'm thinking of a body. Of a body. I'm a member of this body. And, and you know what? You are dependent on me. And you know what? I'm dependent on you. If you fall, I'm next. Right? If I fall, you're next. That's interdependence. That's why Paul, when he said that we are no, not all an eye or a mouth, or a near. That's a really, you know, this is a caricature of a church, right? All of us doing the same thing. That's caricature. This is the beauty of a church. Look around. Different people, different personalities, even different colors, different accents, different languages, different way of Seeing life. And actually we enrich each other. And I cannot be and I cannot exist without you. But you cannot exist without me. And, and I'm not saying this because, you know, oh yeah, yeah, you are the pastor. No. No. Each one of us, we are interdependent. So... The, the, this is the reality. Not independent people. I come to the meeting of the church if I want to. If I have time. No. I need to come. Why? Why do I need to come to the meeting of the church? That I, I, I'm, 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 I'm uh, waiting for an answer. And this is not a rhetorical uh, question. Just a sec. Sunday? We are in. Okay. And very good. Very good. And where are you going with this? Exactly. I need to come because I know you need me. And I need to come because I know I need you. Is this right? Is this good theology or bad theology? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good theology. So the church is made up of interdependent, communal, that they, they love community, and victorious people. Remember in the book of Revelation, every, the end of each uh, um, letter, was to the victor, to the victor, the conquerors. The church is, is a, it's a, an elite group of people that they always think of the victory. 
victory. They are not losers. Brothers and sisters, we are not losers. We are victorious people. But we cannot be victorious being alone. Because being alone is really bad. It's really bad. We need to be together. And um, now, why I'm saying this? Oh, I'm out of time. Why I'm saying this is because amalgamation means when you have two, actually three entities. Merger is when there are two. And they are going in the same direction. One uh, assimilates the other one. But three is actually from three to whatever. You come together. You end up your ambitions and your future plans and everything just because you want to be together. Just because you understood that interdependence is God's design for the church. And... Believe me, before I knew Grace, I didn't know you. I, and even uh, a year ago when we, we had the first time when we had you know, meetings together, I was like, Whoa, I don't know, what is this? Because every church is unique. And of course, you said the same thing about beyond, what is this? They're really weird. You know, we are weird. We are weird, but in a good sense. But imagine, let's be weird together. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) For the glory of God. Because God is the only one who wants that community. The world wants to, 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 to separate, to isolate us. To monitor, to control us. When we are together, they, they cannot control us. You know that? Jesus controls us when we are together. And that's why... Um, okay, so um, uh, this amalgamation means a new vision, a new uh, life, a new building, a new... Everything is new. But then there are three faces of this. And I, I will just give me few seconds for, for the technical part, okay? The preparation. And uh, in this preparation is when, when actually we've been in this for a while. Uh, talking, knowing each other. There was a, even an outside consultant, Christoph Windler, and we started to inform each other, you know, how about your theology? How about your... Uh, um, m- m- no, no... Um, yeah, and or or even um, how you do things, you know, um, and then um, we are in this moment when we want to make a vision plan proposal for amalgamation, and this is why we ask you know twelve people to come together to help us. Anybody can do this. I mean, this is my opinion. Anybody can do this. I'm not smarter than you. We're a family. And, and each one of us, we have strengths and weaknesses. If you don't believe that, ask Rodika, I have a lot of weaknesses, right? <laughs> so I, I'm not like, oh, yeah, you have to do this. You, you should do this. No. 
And, and then there is a transition uh, a time when, during this time, we need supervisors to, to direct us, to help us. There, there is a lot of logistics involved in this amalgamation, the vision. What is the vision? What, uh, what is our dream? Why, why we want to be together? What's the dream that, that, that drags us? Um, um, well, I, I have a lot of things here. I, you can read this on Google Classroom. You know, it's, it's okay. Um, and then the last part is the establishment. When, when we will uh, take time to, to have uh, uh, elders and deacons and, and, and we will organize. And, um, and um, this is a complex thing, amalgamation. It's not so easy. It's, this is our two, our churches, you know, B1 and, and Grace, and then... There is Bege. They will come with other churches from the Bege. They want, if they want members from other churches, they want to be part of this. And by the way, people that are not even members there. And we want to be part of this, that this new vision. People that they are not part of any church. And we ask them, would you like to come and help us? This is, what, this is our dream. And beside that, probably you've heard about connecting cultures. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there are some students, international students, that they meet each other like one time per month, and they have a lot of activities. And, and, and we want to, I, I love to support them. I love to minister them. I love to mentor them. We are an international church. And, and we can do this together. Um, but... There is a formal process in this, and we will meet, we will talk, we'll, you know, vision, mission, all these things, like big words. And then informal, like you going out and you cannot go home, and, but you, you talk more, you know, in front of the door there, like, you know, talking about this. Actually, you know, which one is the strongest part of the process is not that mission, vision, whatever, is you talking about with, you know, uh, with this sister or with this brother. What do you think about this? This is nuts, huh? To be together for what? To to minister students, international students? But how about if they don't want to come? I don't know. Probably we'll die. No. (laughs) No. God will show us what to do. But He will show us the next step. He will tell you this and that. And God will make not only a successful church, but a healthy church. This is what God wants from us. To come together with people that we don't know. Even now. We don't know them. We don't know who they are. But they want to be part of this. And by the way, as we, as these two churches, we, for a while we've mixed a lot, right? The clay was really mixed. And, and now we, from... Ooh, they are weird. Now we love each other. And you know what? That was a very good exercise, a very good drill to welcome others. Now God is pushing us both to love others that we don't know. And sometimes we think, oh, but this is different. You know, this person is so different. Yeah. Get used with different. This is the, the kingdom of God. Is with different people. And where we are different, 
This is the beauty of the church. The, well, this is why I love international church. Because we are different. And, and, and well, sometimes because of our differences, conflicts come. And yeah, maybe. But you know what? I, the difference that I see here is better than I, I wish more to be together for this than even knowing that we'll have conflicts. Who cares? We'll solve them. Like in a family, right? Do you love your family? <laughs> Sometimes, do you have conflicts in your family? Yeah. You're, you are still in that family. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, it, that is, is the same thing. It's the same thing. And um, um, a lot of emotions will be involved in this amalgamation. You know, like, uh, oh, but I like more the, the, the old church. I, I'm, I, I was more comfortable there on that. But I hope God will help us. He will direct us. He will heal our emotions. Um, he will use music and worship to do this. To heal our souls. He will use um, the word of God. And uh, an amalgamation is something like, you know, remember Acts 27 when, when Paul was in, uh, on that boat and the boat was uh, breaking under them. The, yeah, it was a sh- shipwreck, right? And, and Paul said, hey, God told me nobody will be lost in this process. But we need to say goodbye to the boat. You understand that? The boat is not so important. Like, you know, the name, the whatever, is not so important. It's, what is important is that we are together and nobody is lost. And we, we, we will try to do that, to keep everybody in. So, we have this option. Last gasp or new ministry? You understand that? Last gasp is like, you know, uh, oh, we are panicked. What should we do? Uh, let's, let's fix this quickly. You know, like, like, like uh, quick fix solutions. Or, you know what? Let's risk and let's amalgamate. Let's mix into a new life into a new momentum with a new zeal. So this is what we have. This is the biblical mandate. One, you work, 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 work. You want that? Two, oh, it's awesome. But three. So um, this is where we are at. As our church will give their last gasp, and die. Who knows? Somebody said, you know, the, the small churches, they have this genius. They never die. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, or to create something new. And to be. And to get used with new. Because in the new era, in eternity, 
everything will be new. How about getting used with you new right now? Amen? So, this is uh, the lesson that I've learned from Ecclesiastes, from Solomon. Um, and we still have some time for small groups, feedback small groups. So, if you would like to turn and to form like small, really small groups. Maybe you can turn like two rows and, and, and just talk. I know some of, the, some of the people are kind of a new for you. But it's okay. Get used with new. <laughs> get, get used with different. So don't choose today. Don't choose anybody. Just turn and talk. And, and share something that you've learned today. If you have questions at the end of this time, I will try to answer questions. If not, we have the last song. And I don't know if we have anything like uh, uh, anything sweet. But if not, we, we have each other. We have? Oh, awesome. Awesome. So let's turn and talk. Uh, give, give a feedback of something that you've learned today or something that you, you thought while I was preaching. You thought of. So let's talk. And then at the end, we have a Q&A session.